Welcome to another edition of Profiles, an in-depth look into the music, artistry, lives, and legacies of the musicians and artists who defined a uniquely creative era by breaking boundaries and finding new influences. While they not only ushered in social as well as political change, but also created immensely popular legacies that have truly stood the test of time. David Bowie is and remains one of the leading figures in the music world and is often considered to be one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century, acclaimed by critics and fellow musicians. David Bowie, Loving the Alien, 1983 to 1988. It's the fourth in the series of award-winning and critically acclaimed Parlophone Bowie box sets that includes David Bowie, Five Years, 1969 to 1973, David Bowie, Who Can I Be Now, 1974 to 1976, and David Bowie, A New Career in a New Town, 1977 to 1982. David Bowie, Loving the Alien, 1983 to 1988. Loving the Alien contains a brand new production of the 1987 album Never Let Me Down by Bowie producer and engineer Mario McNulty and features new instrumentation by David Bowie, collaborators Reeves Gabrels on guitar, David Torn on guitar, Sterling Campbell on drums, Tim LaFave on bass, as well as String Quartet with the arrangements by Nico Mully and a guest cameo by Laurie Anderson on Shining Star, Making My Love. The 11 CD and 15 LP vinyl box set and the digital download set includes many of David's greatest recordings. Mario J. McNulty is a Grammy Award-winning music producer, mixer, and engineer. He has worked with David Bowie, Prince, Nine Inch Nails, Laurie Anderson, Angelique Kijo, Julian Lennon, Glenn Matlock, and many other well-known recording artists. Most notably, with regard for our interview today, in 2018, Mario was asked to do something unprecedented. He completely reproduced remixed and re-recorded David Bowie's Never Let Me Down album, a project that David personally sought Mario to do. Mario, welcome to KPFK and Rock Profiles. Thanks for having me. Okay, I want to read a quote from David Bowie in the liner notes from his uh, select uh, compilation. Bowie asked his producer and engineer and my special guest today, Mario McNulty, to remix the track Time Will Crawl from his album Never Let Me Down and record new drums on the track by longtime Bowie drummer Sterling Campbell, along with strings. And in the liner notes for that compilation, Bowie said, Oh, to redo the rest of that album, this new production of Never Let Me Down is the realization of that Bowie idea. Mario, tell us about the telephone call you got early one morning from David Bowie about his song, Time Will Crawl. He called me early one morning and woke me up, which was actually common because when he called, he would call early and he always found it humorous because he knew I would probably still be sleeping and he was awake. (laughs) Of course, he was an early riser. So he called me one morning and said, what are you doing later today? I've got this idea I want to talk to you about. Went over to his place and we, we talked about the Never Let Me Down album. I knew about the album and I knew about his dissatisfaction with it. But we, at that point, 
this is in 2008, we had never really gone into detail about the album. It was just kind of something that had come up on occasion in the studio in previous years, and him maybe rolling his eyes about the album or, or saying something here or there. But it was never, it was understood that he was disappointed with it, or in his words, a bitter disappointment. But um, it wasn't really gone into detail as to what he wanted to do. So when he called me over that day and, and he said, well, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a song off this album, that song being Time Will Crawl, and we're going to redo this song. And this is what I want to do. And slightly new arrangement with new acoustic drums and new string arrangement with the string quartet. And um, we're going to start there. And that's what, what set it off. So I had to get some master tapes of what was, what was the original version and, and start, start from there. Which in this box set, the original is there and then the one that has been completely re-imagined. <laughs> right. And it's still there. It's, and and I think that's important, for, especially for fans of that album, to know that that album is not gone anywhere. It's still part of the box set and still part of the, the Bowie um, lexicon. So how did you go about rebuilding the tracks on Never Let Me Down when you got your hands on the master tapes? I went through uh, a process, really, of subtraction where I, I basically got master tapes. Once I had things sorted out technically, where I knew I had the right takes and I had things that were in sync, and for that album they were using synced-up 24-track reels. So it was 48 tracks for every song, but in those days you had to sync two 24-track machines together. So getting the right transfer was important and making sure things were lining up and all that. So once I had that process done and I was confirmed that I had what I needed, I had to basically treat it as if, it's funny, I've said this uh, to somebody just recently, it's almost like being handed a very fancy demo and saying, all right, well, here's the songs, but now now you got to make the real album. But in this case, I'm keeping the vocals because they're final and I'm keeping the keys. So those are things that, that I kept. And so I would just take things away. So I was left with a, basically David's vocal and an acoustic guitar and a drum machine. And, I, and it was right there I had a song that I, could, that I could basically reproduce in that sense. So that's kind of, that's how I did it. And tell us who you chose to play the new music on the updated version of Never Let Me Down and why you chose them. Well, the first choice was really easy, and that was Sterling Campbell. And he was on, luckily, he was on the 2008 version of Time Will Crawl. So um, that was a very easy choice. And David, of course, he's always loved his playing. But even that day when I was at his house, that first day of the, of the call, when I mean, he was talking about what he wanted to do, once we were kind of enthusiastically talking about it, saying, okay, great, let's do this. And then he just said, call Sterling. So Sterling Campbell, who is an incredible drummer, was an easy first choice. And then I went through just a process of thinking about the conversations I'd had with David, specifically, of course, about Time Will Crawl, but also just in general, because I had to really interpret, okay, he's got content and lyrics for a certain song, and I know he spoke of certain musicians and sounds, so I want to try and honor that. And that's how, and it's almost like he's, he's kind of handpicking them in some way. That's how I came up with these players, and they understood this this process too and they all have their own history with david so it wasn't some something foreign to be working on a on a david bowie song or album you know so reeves gabrell's david torn and tim lafay were the other people in the core band I, I hope that makes sense but that's kind of how i how i came up with it yeah and of course they were all they all did an amazing job let's take a listen to a track from this completely new reimagining of time will crawl what piece would you like to start with 
Why don't we start with the first single from the album? That's Zeros, and um, it's one of the more stripped-down tracks on the album. But um, the original version was um, something that's actually it's now a shorter song. And the original version had a lot of. It, in the original version, let's, let's put it this way, sounded like um, there was a lot of clutter in the song, and I was trying to kind of go in the opposite direction. So this song actually felt like it was a song that would have been. He could have, it would have been appropriate of him writing it 1971 on Hunky Dory or something. It, it had that feel right when I just got rid of instruments and it was just him and an acoustic guitar. And then I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a song with that kind of spirit in mind. So that's the first single of Zeros. From David Bowie, Loving the Alien, 1983 to 1988. We just heard a magnificent reimagining of an album, Never Let Me Down. And joining me in studio is the producer of this particular album in the box set. So that song, Zeros, originally came out in... It came out in 1987. 1987. Right. Okay. Now this is the album 2018. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Great. So I think it's going to be really cool to go back to the original 1987 album and just, you know, kind of do the the back and forth. We have a few more uh, songs that we want to get to from Never Let Me Down 2018, part of this beautiful box set from Rhino Records via Parlophone Records, Loving the Alien 1983 to 1988. And we talked a little bit, Mario, about the fact that you were stripping down the music. Because much of the music in the 1980s, it sort of has a a sound to it and the synthesizers. And it's kind of cheesy in a a lot of ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So why do you describe the track Day In, Day Out as a much more stripped down feel than the original version? And tell us how you stripped it down. Well, first of all, in terms of um, being stripped down, the main thing about, especially with that track, is um, stripping down basically all the synthesizers. They're gone. And and, and also the drum machine. So it's now been replaced by acoustic drums. By a real drummer. By a real real (laughs) human being, Sterling Campbell. Sterling. That's right. The whole album is stripped down of the original production, but specifically speaking for that song... It's really stripping down the the synthesizers, the drum machine, and um, the guitars. So it's it's basically it has entirely new sounds. But one interesting note about that song is that there's a really great horn arrangement and horn section on that song that actually isn't on the original album, but it was on the master tapes. I had to recomp it. So I found that as I was going through the the old tapes, and it wasn't used on the original album, but only there was a, a little blip here and there that they that they kind of stole from it. And I kind of thought this sounds great. It 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 really fits. It's of all the songs on the album, it's the it's the most positive song on the album, where because it's the album kind of gets darker and darker as it goes on. But I thought this is even though this is this is an original recording and it sounds fabulous. So I I basically recomped it and re-edited it back into the song. So it's funny because it's not on the original, but it's not new either. It was sitting on those tapes. And you said the saxophone part. 
Uh, all the horns. The, the, all the horn, of the, the horns. horn arrangements, yeah. So, um, and you know some yeah, of the... Baritone sax, alto sax, and tenor sax. Some of the yeah. players? I do know Steve Elson a bit because I met him when he was recording. He worked on the Next Day album that I did with David in, in, in 2000. And, well, that was 11, 12, and 13. So I, I've met Steve Elson, yes, and worked with mm-hmm. him on that album. But uh, Lenny Pickett is also part of that horn section, and I don't remember the, the name of the third person in that. But they were called the Borneo Horns. That was there. And they were on Let's Dance as well, so they had worked with David a lot at that point in the 80s. Let's uh, take a listen to Day In, Day Out. Mario, you've said that you were fortunate enough to spend time talking with David Bowie about many things, including music. But tell us about some of those things you and David talked about and how those conversations informed and influenced the work that you've done on his projects. Well, I was very fortunate to have those talks over the years with him um, off and on. And, and sometimes it was very particular about, for example, Time Will Crawl the, in 2008, or it was just in a conversation that we might have in, in or outside of the studio. I mean, for a track like Time Will Crawl in 2008, he had some very specific things to say about it and influences that he spoke about, for example, like for the strings, he really was looking for something. He would play a line on the keyboard that was reminiscent of something either Philip Glass would do or Steve Reich would do of that kind of a modern contemporary composer. And he wanted the strings to emulate or embellish on something he was doing on the keyboard. So that was a, a very specific influence. I mean, I know that that was an influence for him in general, but that was kind of like directions given for that song. But Steve Reich, for example, and talking about him for a second, I mean, I know he was such a big influence because I re- I'll never forget David gave me the album Different Trains, which is a Steve Reich album that has Kronos Quartet and Pat Metheny on. And I, at that point, and I think this is 02, 03, I can't, probably 03, I can't remember exactly, but... He was a little shocked that I didn't have that album and kind of made me know, like, okay, I'm, I can't believe you don't have that album. He's a little, <laughs> little disappointed in me, maybe. And so he brought it in the next day. And he said, okay, borrow this. And I'll never forget that because I became obsessed with that album. But that is one of many influences right there. So that is, you can probably hear some of the string arrangements which are on the album, which are done by Nico Muley. And Nico did an absolutely fantastic job of interpreting what was needed, specifically about the strings between Philip Glass, Steve Reich, and, and Scott Walker would be the other influence there. That really kind of led the way on, on where those arrangements were supposed to go. And then in other influences on other songs, it could be something like Brian Eno, it could also be something like Massive Attack or Nine Inch Nails, it could come from various directions, but I had to just flesh that out as I was listening to the content of the songs and, and, and where I thought it should go. Before we play another piece from Never Let Me Down, I wanted to talk about Laurie Anderson mm-hmm. and her connection and mm-hmm. her participation with this reimagining of Never Let Me Down mm-hmm. and the piece that she does, Shining Star. Can you tell us about Sure, sure. Well, Shining Star on the original album was, was probably the most kind of complicated challenge in a sense because that was probably the song that I thought, okay, this is, I thought it was problematic as a production. And there were various things going on rhythmically, sonically, and I don't know if this might not be very common knowledge, but there is a midsection 
in the liner notes. It's called A Method Rap by Mickey Rourke on the song. And that never was something that kind of felt right, even <laughs> even when I talked to David about it in like 2003 or something. It was just something that, I mean, clearly, again, he just, he, he thought that he needed to redo this album. And, and this song, you could certainly see why, I think, uh, production-wise. And it, it, I should say, too, it's not really a knock on any of the people involved in the album and the album is still part of the box set but it's it's really a sign of the times and it's kind of like you mentioned earlier with the 80s it's like so many weird synths and sounds and people chasing commercial hits and chasing all kinds of things and and you end up with this album that sounds kind of like some kind of screeching thing feeding a big reverb and it, it 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 sometimes it becomes a mess so for this for shining star it's a quite different sounding song now emphasizing certain things that I think were needed. But most importantly, Lori actually is now taking the place of Mickey Rourke's rap, and she's doing spoken word with the exact same lyrics. Let's take a listen to music from Never Let Me Down 2018 with Lori Anderson on Shining Star. just heard Shining Star with uh, Lori Anderson, and I wanted to ask you about another beautiful track uh, from this recording within the box set. The original is here as well, from 1987, but this is Never Let Me Down, 2018. Mario, why do you call Glass Spider the dark heart of the new world of Never Let Me Down, 2018? The Glass Spider song is, it's certainly the most conceptual song on the album, but it's also, it's much longer than the original, but I felt that once I took elements away and I was trying to get to the content of the song, it revealed that this is really needs to go in a darker direction. So sometimes those terms may be a little bit vague, but um, the, the, the whole album sort of themes in that direction from start to finish. And it kind of gets darker as it goes on. But this is kind of the centerpiece of that. And um, it starts out in a very um, textural, ambient way and leads to something that is uh, a little bit more of a mayhem. It has lots of various influences on it that we've talked about earlier, from, from Eno to um, to uh, Scott Walker to to Massive Attack or Nine Inch Nails. So, so there's a lot of influences going on on how to shape this new version of the song. But... Um, I think that in terms of, as you say, the dark heart of it, it's. I think most people would agree it's easily the darkest, probably most terrifying song in the set. This comes from my heart. I think that David Bowie would love this new updated, or whatever you want to call it. It's. Uh, it, it was a vision of David's. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, David... Bowie um, <laughs> would have thought of the 2018, do you think that he's listening, <laughs> of the 2018 version of Never Let Me Down, and how close to his vision do you think you've come oh. with the project? You know, obviously, you would hope that he would have liked it. Yeah. You never know, but uh, I hope so. It was made for him, so hopefully he, he would have really enjoyed the album and, and uh, been fond of it much more than the original. Because, I mean, that was the point. He wasn't happy with the original, so um wanted to make him happy with all of the songs, not just Time Will Crawl, but the rest of them. 
Also included on this box set is uh, David Bowie, The Glass Spider Tour, uh, live in Montreal from 1987. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to play that version of Glass Spider live. The tune that we just heard, Glass Spider, this album, Mario, the live Montreal 1987, this is being released for the very first time. That's correct. Right. That's right. Which is really, really fantastic. So, folks, there's so much on this box set. It is, um, once again, David Bowie, Loving the Alien, 1983 to 1988. We have 11 discs total. 11. Now, on the vinyl box set, we have 15 pieces of vinyl. So this is an amazing collection of remastered versions of albums from uh, David Bowie's one of, well, really one of Bowie's most commercially successful periods, Let's Dance, Tonight, Never Let Me Down, in both the original and 2018 versions. Let's take a listen, Mario, to another part of the box set, and it's called Recall 4. And this is songs that have been remastered and the four stands for that it's the fourth box set and you mentioned Pat Metheny a little bit earlier and I wanted to play a song of David's that I just absolutely adore and it is a collaboration with Pat Metheny and David Bowie called This Is Not America. What do you think about this song in today's climate? <laughs> I'm putting a, you on the spot it's a, here. Yeah, it's just amazing how <laughs> forward thinking he was. People don't really talk about that as, as really, but it, it, he really was pretty forward thinking. But it's amazing now. It's very relevant now in time where we're at now. So, But I think it's an amazing track. I love that song. So let's take a listen to, from the film, Falcon and the Snowman, This Is Not America, David Bowie, Pat Metheny.
Remastered rendition of a, a classic a David Bowie track. This is not America, all part of the David Bowie box set, Loving the Alien, 1983 to 1988. My guest has been the marvelous producer, music producer, mixer, and engineer, Mario McNulty. Uh, Mario, it's been a pleasure. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, great having you. And if people want to learn more about you, Where's the best website? Oh, you or? can go to my manager's website at, uh, let's see, it would be jdmanagement.com. And that's Jody Ambrosio. And yeah. social media, people want to sure. follow it's, you. It's Mario J. McNulty. Just find me there, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Thank you so much, Mario. Thank you very much. Let's take a listen to David Bowie, Tina Turner, Let's Dance. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Profiles, and please join me next time for another in-depth look at the legendary musicians and artists who changed the trajectory, opened our minds, and continue to inspire us. I'm your host and producer, Maggie LaPique. Special thanks to my producers, Jerry O and Andrea Love. Special thanks also to engineer Stan the Man Mizrahe.